Did you know that 60% of women say they've never negotiated with an employer over their salary? And only 14.6% of American women are in executive positions? Topics such as salary transparency or how much you're negotiating for your current pay are seen as taboo topics. And it's topics like these that are the reason I started the Amplify Her Networking Group. The Amplify Her Networking Group is a space where women can come together to talk about how much they're making, how much they want to make, how to price their programs, how to find dream clients or partners, and build community with other women who are looking to support each other and make more money. I, for one, think there is power in us talking, getting together, and helping each other make more money. And I would love for you to join me at the next Amplify Her Networking Group. Our next meeting is Monday, March 27th at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can head to the link in the show notes or amplifyhermedia.com backslash networking to sign up for our next meeting. Your first meeting is free. Again, head to amplifyhermedia.com backslash networking to sign up for your first meeting for free. guys. Welcome to the Amplify Her podcast. I am your host, Christina Singh, and the Amplify Her podcast is all about amplifying and uplifting women's voices and stories. Now, are you so excited about this episode? I mean, I'm flipping out and I know some of you are flipping out too. Um, Oh my God, you guys, Cece Alisa is on the show today. I love CC. Um, so let's let's dive it back. You can tell I'm really excited about this episode. So CC Olisa is on the show today. And if you do not know who CC is, she is an influencer, an entrepreneur, um, a doll. <laughs> she is just an overall lovely human being. Um, and she is the co-founder of the CurvyCon and founder of Coco by CC. She recently launched a plus size resort wear collection. CC lives by the mantra, don't wait on your weight to live the life you want. And we talk all about that in this episode. But CC was named one of the top 10 New York fashion bloggers by Who, What, Where. She helps women build confidence through wellness, beauty, and fashion. CC's successful companies include the CurvyCon, a convention celebrating body positivity and plus size fashion during New York Fashion Week, and Coco by CC, a body positive beauty company, and her new plus size resort resort wear collection. Cece resides in New York City. She has been seen in Vogue, Refinery29, The Today Show, Health, O Magazine, and Good Morning America. And above all of that, Cece is just a lovely, beautiful human. Someone who is always on the go, always doing something uh, really beautiful and lovely. This conversation with Cece was number one so fun. We talk about how we connected. I connected with Cece through my full-time role and kind of took a risk in asking her to come on here because I was super nervous about crossing the wires there. But I know Cece from my personal life of following her online and, you know, knowing of the CurvyCon and connecting with her content online. 
so it just felt so natural for me to reach out to her and see if she would be willing to connect in this area of my life. Um, and I really just love this conversation. Um, if you are someone who needs a pickup today, if you need a little bit of motivation today, if you need someone to just remind you of how powerful you are and not to wait on other things, other factors in your life, like weight, how you look, all of that kind of stuff to go do the things that you want to do in life, this is the episode for you. Um, I'm just so grateful you're here. And I'm not even going to waste any more time. Let's jump into this interview with Cece. I also want to mention that Cece has created a code for the Amplify Her listeners. Um, and so I'm, first of all, thank you, Cece. You're the absolute best. Um, but you can get 20% off of Coco by CC, which is CC's line of body products, her beauty line, which, oh my God, they smell so good. And they're amazing. Use the code AMPLIFYHER, all caps, for 20% off. We'll link it in the show notes. Um, and go get your stuff because it's so good, you guys. <laughs> I love it. Let's not waste any more time. Let's jump in with the beautiful and magnanimous CC. <music> Listen, I wish we were recording that whole thing. The whole thing. We just did a huge tutorial on how to use a mic on how to use the oh same mic. Oh my gosh. Because that would have been so good. But you look adorable. I like that your mic is white. Ooh, um, because it matches your headphones. Mine Ooh, is just thanks. like um silver. Um so hi. Hi. <laughs> I'm really so excited to have you. I wanted to mention, um, I just wanted to thank you so much for sending me some product. Oh, um, my pleasure. I, am, I was so excited. It came yesterday. I was so excited. I My grandma had sent my son some toys and my husband usually opens the mail and he put um, my mail in with it. So I was opening this box of toys and then there was this little box for me and I was like, oh, it's from Susie. <laughs> so excited because I wasn't expecting it (laughs) so thank you so much I just used them this morning in the shower and oh I smell so good right now um so thank you they're good they're really good CC they're really nice as you very well know thank Um, you've been working hard on it so I appreciate that yeah well thank you for being here oh my gosh so you and I I'm gonna just dive in because you and I met through um, my full-time role uh because I do this which I know you most likely didn't know until I reached out to you um and uh but in my full-time role I work for a charitable organization and you and I connected because I have been following you for a while and I knew of your move into Brooklyn. I've known of the changes in your life. And I was like, you know what? I bet I feel like Cece's always going out and about, like you're always doing something. So I was like, I'm going to invite her to this event. And you came and you looked so stunningly beautiful. And I wish I could have spent more time with you because I was running this event. So I was like, meet people, here you go. And then like running around. 
But I wanted to say first, thank you so much for coming to that event and for being so open to going to things and having new experiences. And thank you for continuing to connect with me in this way. I am so thrilled to be talking to you and to chat more about your story. So I just wanted to let my listeners know a little bit of the backstory and just thank you so much for being here today. Oh, you're very kind for saying that. Um, I It was my pleasure to come to the event. Am I allowed to say what the event was called? Oh yeah, of course. Yes. <laughs> so um, you invited me to Plates for Change at yeah. the Brooklyn Museum. And it's funny because, you know, now full circle, like I've seen you now in your nine to five role, and now I'm seeing you in your creative passion role. And, you know, I, I refer to my community as dolls. Like I call, oh, hey, dolls, this, hey, dolls, that. Yeah. And sometimes I'll be in meetings with like investors or, you know, my just people who kind of know of my brand, but haven't been with me for so long. They're like, why do you call them dolls? I'm like, you have to meet them. Like they they are all so different, but there's a through line of like kindness and like giving back and just like good women that are part of my community. Like to have, you know, over a hundred thousand followers across platforms. And whenever I run into you dolls on the street or you invite me to something, like I feel comfortable to come. Like I don't, I don't take that for granted. So thank mm-hmm. you for being part of my community. Thank you for being open to my work and inviting me into your life. Like it means a lot to me and you're a reflection of, of the women that I serve. So thank you. Oh, that's so kind of you. And I want to, I mean, there's several things I want to talk to you about, oh, yes. but I, I know about we all. have, we have <laughs> limited time. I could talk to you for hours, but um, one thing that I, I really wanted to talk about was that community. You know, you do call your followers dolls, the people that you interact with, and you have had such a beautiful journey in your own life um, over the past seven to eight years, I feel like you made some major changes in your life. Um, And I'm curious, how did these changes start? And how did you start to build community in your life? One of the things that I reflect upon on this show is that I started this because I felt like so many of the women around me were doing amazing things. And instead of having like a normal reaction where I just asked my friends questions, I just like bought a mic and was like, let's record it and like (laughs) put it out into the world. And it just kind of grew from there. And in that process, I built community. So I'm curious, how did your community begin and how did all of this start for you? That's a really good question. Um, So my, you know, the kind of bullet point version of my journey is that (laughs) I started my blog anonymously. Um, This is the 10 year anniversary. So you're right on target, the timeline you're giving. This is the 10 year anniversary of don't wait on your way to live the life you want, which is my personal mantra that I kind of started to live my life through that lens. And it all started with this anonymous blog. I have this anonymous blog because I was insecure about my body. And so I wanted to talk about being a plus size girl in New York City. And what does it look like to, to look for a job as a plus size woman? What does it look like to date as a plus size woman? What does it look like to try to find wide cap riding boots in the fall as a plus size woman in New York City? Like, what does that look like? And while I was confident enough to start the conversation, I was not confident enough to put myself, you know, my, my physical self, um, you know, along with the work. 
And so when you talk about community, um, you know, I started it more, this was not, you know, 10 years ago, social media is very different than it is now. And so it wasn't like I was starting it, you know, people ask me now, like, I want to be an influencer, right? Like those weren't words that were being used. Um, and so I had this anonymous blog, I would write these entries, kind of like Kirby, Carrie Bradshaw kind of thing. Like, this is what happened, you know, this is what I wore, this is how I'm feeling and whatever. And something happened and my life got busy and I didn't post. Like I, maybe I was posting like every weekend and all of a sudden I got all these comments. It said like, where did you go? What happened? Where are you? And I was wow. like, what? Like people have been reading this? Like in my head, it was like a Tumblr or like, it wasn't like, it just wasn't, it wasn't as out facing in my head as it was at the time. And so that was the start of my community. There are people to this day who are like, I remember you. We like my avatar was like a pair of pink heels. That's all it was. So oh I remember gosh. the pink heels, right? Now people, they see my face. Oh my gosh, hi, CD, like that kind of thing. But there was a time when, you know, there was a big separation between me as a plus size woman and what I was talking about and my experience and sharing it. And like me as a plus size woman stepping into that. My community is really what gave me the confidence to really start living, don't wait on your weight as, as a practice. Like the more I would step into my confidence, the more I would get feedback that other women were stepping into their confidence. The more I would talk about wearing my bare arms out, not putting a shrug on or a cardigan. And then to have dozens of women be like, you know what, this summer I'm going to do it too. Right. And so yeah. from that, I found the confidence to kind of not be anonymous to put myself out there a little bit more. Um, and it's kind of grown from there. So it, it really started with vulnerability. And I yeah. think they say like your vibe attracts your tribe, right? So yeah, by the grace of God, some <laughs> amazing women have rallied around me um, in, in big numbers. I love that so much. And I, I want to go back to the particular piece around your mantra. Don't wait on your way to live the life you want. I think that Peace is so powerful. And as someone who lives in a larger body, there have been, I mean, I've gone year after year after year saying, I'm going to hit this number and then I will do A, yes. B, and C. Yes. And I think the reason why your mantra is so powerful is because that mental dialogue <laughs> that folks are having, that peace is something we don't openly talk about as much, but a lot of us are thinking. And mm -hmm. so I think those conversations about going outside with your arms, like for a lot of people, they seem so simple for a lot of people posting a full body photo of, of themselves yes. seems so simple, yes. but for many, it is really not because of Teach. the internal dialogue. What was the thing that really allowed for that mantra to come into your life? Mm -hmm. And then to like have that be verbalized because mm -hmm. that's one thing to like think about it yourself and like mm -hmm. start taking action. But then when you're talking to other people about it, I feel like that's major. And I know we just spoke about that community, but yeah, how did that evolution start in you? <laughs> I think everything you're saying is spot on, right? Like for, for someone to, to take a full body photo, if you're not comfortable with what you look like in totality from head to toe, it is a very big deal. Like going from 
I I can remember being the girl who only had pictures from the boobs up because I felt like, well, I have big boobs, so that's good. But like everything else, no, right? So it's like, I have a pretty face, I have big boobs. So I'm gonna take these selfies from way up here because then like my face will look slimmer and then my boobs are like the only thing I have going for me, the rest of my body. It's like, so I'm just no arms, no legs, no torso, like just nothing <laughs> else. And that was a real thing. Like in, you know, before this, this period 10 years ago for me, that really was where I, where I was hanging out. And I think, you know, I am a woman's woman and feminism and yes, all of the things like I, I'm that girl, like I support women. I want women to be everything that they can. And I want women to have everything that they want. I also feel like it can sometimes be a little bit like not popular to say like what I'm about to say. So I hope it doesn't come off. Don't cancel me, please. Um, But I think desirability is at the heart of a lot of this. I think as plus size women, feeling desired, seeing yourself as desired, seeing women who look like you desired in a certain way, if you don't see it, you're not quite sure. Like, if you don't see, and and yes, we want to be career women and yes, we want to be successful. Right. And so when it comes to love and dating that, that actually was the entry point for me. I realized that when I was going out with my friends that I was, I was not confident. And then I was introduced to this group of plus size girls and they would go out to plus size parties where it was like plus size girls and the guys that were there were there for plus size girls, right? Like now at this point in my life, would I go to something like that? Probably not. But in that moment, it was a game changer for me. And it was less about, oh my gosh, you know, like these guys are talking to me. Like, of course that was great. I'm not going to lie. That was great. (laughs) But I had to do a check with me. Like, wait a minute, Cece, when you're in this room with the curvy girls, you are a different person. You are like, there is a version of you that you're not being when you're out with your skinny friends. And so that was where don't wait on your weight clicked. Like, don't, you can't just be the baddie when you're amongst plus size women. Like if you're a baddie in a room full of plus size women, you're a baddie period. So it's you that is changing depending on the room you're in. And that is a problem that needs to be addressed in your own life, in your own confidence, in the way you show up. So that's where the work began for me. Mm. 10 years later, still doing the work, right? Yeah, <laughs> of course. We made some strides. We wear bikinis now. We show, you know, we do bare arms now. Like we've come a long <laughs> way from that time. Um, yeah. So I, I do want to be very clear that for me, it clicked when it came to like desirability and how I showed up as a woman. You know what I mean? It was able to kind of trickle into my career, my fashion sense, you know, self-care, self-love, like all of that was the journey. But for me, it was really literally like being on the dance floor and being like, I am never this outgoing. Why am I only this outgoing in this context? Okay. I have, I know, I know why. And so I need to figure that out. How can I be, the best version of myself in this larger body, no matter what. And so that was, don't wait on your weight to live the life you want. Stop waiting, stop doing it. I 
I love that so much because I can, I think a lot of people can relate to that because in messaging all around us, larger bodies, um, or, you know, people who look different are told that they're less desirable constantly. I mean, I grew up in a very thin period of media where I didn't see bodies that looked like mine. I didn't see people who look like me represented in media very often. Mm -hmm. And I often felt very much less than desirable when it came to my school, upbringing, you know, um, college years, post-college. And it really wasn't until I was surrounded by people who did desire me or I went and put myself out there and then, and then people were starting to desire me that I felt like, wait, I am? And I really love the piece around it's me and how I am navigating these situations. And so let me work on this piece. Obviously, there's a there's a boatload of things out there that are telling us all the time that we're less and not good enough. But I do think it starts with that one piece of your mindset and not waiting on your weight. Because you... I. I Again, going back to that, it's so powerful. And so I'm curious because I know you are a co-founder of CurvyCon. And yes. how did that evolve? I mean, did that evolve after you had this mindset shift? Um, mm -hmm. Like what started changing in you to then lead you to make decisions like that? Because <laughs> that feels very big. You're you're asking good questions today. My goodness. Okay. Um, yeah. So. I started really trying to live out my personal mantra of don't wait on your weight, right? And so with that came a lot of, you know, new experiences, new adventures, new relationships, things like that. Um, I had a mentor who was doing a fashion show um, at a blogger conference in New York City, Blog Her is what it's called. And they were doing a big fashion show. And my mentor was like, listen, I know you're anonymous, but you're walking in this fashion show. And I'm like, excuse me? Like, how? How? Like, what? <laughs> right. I was like, with a paper bag on my head? Like, how are we doing this? We're breathing into a paper bag as you're walking. <laughs> All of the above. All of the above. And I did the fashion show. And it was like, it just was like, oh, that's done. Like the anonymous era, it's over. Like we're moving forward. I posted the pictures, you know, and my community was like, oh my gosh, like it's you, like, you know, this and that. And from around that time, my career just in general was starting to pick up. Brands were kind of reaching out for collaborations and things like that. Fine. So I think saying like I started my blog before there was like an influencer era. When I stopped being anonymous, I think that's when kind of my influencer era kind of started to really pick up too, right? So now I'm working with brands and I really was very sensitive to the fact that as a plus size influencer, my experience as a plus size woman was better. Like as a plus size influencer, I'm getting clothes dropped off at my door in pretty boxes. I'm getting invited to these dinners. I'm going on these trips. And like the average plus size woman is like going in the mall and can barely find one store to serve her. And it might not be her aesthetic. It might not be how she wants to express herself. And 
So I started dreaming like, you know, what would it look like if I could, you know, bring people together for like the ultimate Curvy Girls Mall? That's where it started. If I could get all the brands to come into one room, bring their clothes in a size run so women could try on the clothes because so much of plus size fashion was e-commerce, right? So you're buying two pairs of jeans, you're sending one back, like people call it like a fat tax. Like you're paying more literally because I'm a size 14 in this brand, but I'm a size 16 over there. And then I'm a size 18 in that brand. And you just don't know, right? Yes. You're <laughs> literally blowing my mind right now. I don't know if you just saw me look away as I realized what you were just saying, because <laughs> I've never heard that term a fat tax before Yeah, because I do this all the time. Yeah. And I've never heard that. Okay, please go on. Yeah, and like you don't. And this is my point, right? When I was just a, a regular plus size girl, just trying to figure it out in New York City, I'm doing all this as an influencer. I can say, mm, can you send me an 18 and a 20? Because I'm not sure. And the brand will send it to me, and I don't have to pay for it. I don't have to, right? And I'm like, this is not right. Like I grew up in Fresno, California, right? If I go to Fashion Fair in Fresno, California. All these stores that serve me online are not there. I can't figure it out. So the idea of like the curvy mall was kind of like my thing. Like if I could get all the brands in one room, let people try on the clothes. So at least then you could take notes, right? Be like, okay, in Eloquy, I'm an 18. Okay, in Old Navy, I'm a 16. You can go home online shop and you know what's going on. So it started there. And then of course, like panels. Um, so the pop-up idea panels and then we would do parties and then um ultimately as the curvy con grew we got to we moved well let me just start with your question i feel like i'm sure. going a little too far no, okay. so that was the the intention with the curvy con is that i wanted everyday plus size women to get the red carpet treatment that i as a plus size influencer was getting by the grace of God, I was connected with Chastity Garner Valentine, who is my co-founder for CurvyCon. She shared my vision and we got to work. So we sold the clothes out of our closet to get the seed money to put down a deposit on a space in New York City for the CurvyCon. Yeah, like we were like, we had no clothes. Like we sold everything. Just take it. Just take it all. That's wow. Fine. So again, community is at the heart of everything I do. Like without our community buying the clothes off our backs we wouldn't have been able to take, you know, five figures and go hand it off to a New York City space. You do New York events, you know what those deposits yeah. look like. So that is how the Kirby Con got started. In the beginning, we were a summer event. And then, you know, again, like just being a visionary for plus size women, like I just see so much, there's so much I want plus size women to have. It's 67% of American women wear above a size 14. You do not see that reflected in the media. You do not see that reflected in the mall. You do not see that reflected in Sephora. You do not see that reflected in the gym. You don't see it, but we're there, right? So we took a big risk and decided to move the Curvy Con to Fashion Week. And that's when everything really clicked. That's when we were able to start doing runway shows. That's when we were able to really like make a mark for curvy women in the space of fashion. Um, so that's the story of the curvy con. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think what, so I had heard of the curvy con before I had interfaced with you online. Okay. So I heard about this event and I thought it was so amazing. And I was like, oh, 
and I I never attended. I just knew of it, and sure. I I knew of it, and then I found you, and I saw co-founder of Curve Con. I was like, oh, this is perfect. <laughs> my girl. <laughs> I was like, wow. So I think that um, definitely there was an impression made through this and um, made to to so many women. Was that overwhelming? for you when you stepped into this like very powerful place, because I would imagine, I mean, I don't, I feel like so there's a push and pull when you're in your power, you may not feel it right away or may yeah. feel it now. I, I'm not sure how it is for you, but yeah. was it overwhelming when you put this event together and so many people, you know, learned of it and recognized it? Yes. <laughs> Yes, it was overwhelming to to be the founder of the CurvyCon as a massively successful company. I mean, I'm proud to say that there is not, there are very few amazing plus size women who have not been to the CurvyCon. Lizzo has been to the CurvyCon. Sherry Shepard has been to the CurvyCon. Chrissy Metz has been to the CurvyCon. Venus Williams has been to the CurvyCon, right? Jamila Jamil, who supports the body positive community, shows up at the CurvyCon, right? So the CurvyCon is a thing, right? And, and for anyone who's an entrepreneur or has the desire to, you know, do something a little bit bigger than yourself, I think that one of the things that the Curvy Con taught me is that health and wellness has to come first. Um, our, our, let's see, 2017, 2017, I think. So the Curvy Con launched in 2015 and we moved to Fashion Week in 2017. And so that was a big year. We like forexed. So the, the business grew four times bigger that year. We went from one day, half a floor in a building to like two days, two floors, like everything got not only doubled, but you know, it was four times bigger. And I don't know, four days later, I was in the hospital after the curvy con. Yeah. Right. And, and, and not in the hospital, like, oh, I'm dehydrated, like seriously in the hospital for almost a month. And it's not something I talk about a lot now. Um, I have factor five lead-in, which is a blood clotting disorder. Mm. And really what happened was I got really busy because my business was a really big deal. And my prescription ran out for my blood thinners and I just forgot to fill it because the curvy con. Wow. It was as simple as that. And I was in the hospital for a month behind that, right? So when you have vision, when you have passion, when you have purpose, it can be easy to feel like nothing else matters, especially when it's like the day of the show, right? <laughs> like, so it was literally the same week that the CurvyCon was happening. I needed to go to CVS and I didn't. And I almost paid the ultimate price for that. You know what I mean? Um, so when it comes to the overwhelm, yes, emotional overwhelm, yes, imposter syndrome, yes, all that stuff. But taking care of yourself is the message that by the grace of God, I was able to learn, um, and, and, and change the way I do business. Um, yeah. you know, I have some other companies that I'm building right now and I'm like, so keen on like, yes, it's like, right now I'm literally launching my plus size fashion collection tomorrow. I know. I'm so <laughs> excited. <laughs> and I'm like, 
I am going to my cycling classes. I am waking up and still doing my work. Like that is part of the launch. Like it's no more that like, oh, well, it's launch week. So everything self-care related, everything self-love related, everything health and wellness related is just going to stop for this week so I can get the business done. No, like the business starts when I wake up and do my prayer and meditation and my journaling and hit the gym. Like that's where this, like, I can't, it, it can't be separate anymore. So for those of yeah. you who are listening, who might be wanting to start something, I just, that is one thing that I cannot stress enough. Yes, it is overwhelming, but your purpose will always, will always come to fruition. But if you're not there, it won't. So just like oh, be mindful of that. Such good advice. Because one thing that I've noticed that I really love about your messaging, your content, what you put out into the world is your consistency and your self-care consistency. Um, So how did that, I mean, obviously you just touched on how that evolved in certain ways for you, but how did that evolve into putting it out there into the world as something, (laughs) because you really do wake up every morning. You're like, Hey dolls, like, and and I think that's part for me. I, I find sharing things to be really motivating for myself to keep doing things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I mean, you just talked about a health care and, and this beautiful message around like, taking care of yourself and business. And and yes, it's definitely overwhelming to have something blow up. But how did that now thread into consistency for you? Because that feels like a really key piece in your life of how you take care of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think the consistency part of it definitely came through therapy. I think that was a lesson I learned because I was definitely the girl that's like, I'm all in for this 30 day challenge. And then like, you know, see ya, see you later for margaritas and nachos after 30 days, like whatever. Um, so the idea that like, um, in my, in my work, I, I say health is a practice, not a pant size. Right. So even as a plus size woman, like I, I, I was a 10 pound baby. Like I was a chubby kid. I'm very tall. Like I'm a big girl period. Right. And so I think when I connected certain activities to weight loss or certain activities to an outcome of skinny, like, okay, I'm going to do these self-care acts, but I'm doing them because I want this thing to happen. I want to look like this. I want my jean size to say this. I want, right. So then it became this like all in, all out, like some might call it yo-yo dieting, like whatever. And so like disconnecting those things and saying like, I'm going to do the right things for my body because it's the right thing to do. Like, even if I never lose another pound, I'm going to walk 30 minutes every day. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, I think that again, and like, these aren't epiphanies that you hit once and then you're like, I'm healed. Like it's great. Like, <laughs> it doesn't work. Yeah, like you have that. to like actually go outside now <laughs> yeah. and like do it. Yeah. Like that's the really like frustrating part is yeah. like you have to actually like because I had this um at the beginning of the year, I had a very very similar experience where I was like oh I'm totally done with the mental weight of weight loss. Like I'm mm-hmm. so done. But what I'm not done with is taking care of myself. I want to welcome in things. I want to grow, actually. I want to expand. But you have to actually do it. <laughs> you know? like, yes. Yeah. Yes. So I really relate to a lot of what you're saying. Yeah, that's real. 
Yeah. I, and I also have health as a practice, not a pant size written down. And I was going to ask you about that. So that's beautiful. I also think so much about what you're saying is really, um, it comes up against a lot of what we're taught when it comes to like hustle culture, like Mm -hmm. when it comes to work in general. Mm -hmm. And I think you're, I mean, obviously you've been through such a journey with your health and your business and just the evolution of you in general. And I think you offer so much grace in your life to all of those different things that you're juggling, because it can be um, really hard not to stay up until midnight answering emails or working, working, working. How have you given yourself grace in those areas now that you're putting things into action? Because I imagine it's not always easy to step away and, and welcome those practices into your life. Yeah. I think a big, I think, a, I think I definitely leveled up in that area um, during the pandemic because I'm trying to think how to, how to explain this. So, you know, the pandemic happened, we were all there, we know it was wild and everyone's like virtual, 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 like, are you going to take the CurvyCon virtual, da, 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 da. And I just laid out to you my intention and vision for the CurvyCon, right? And I'm saying like, plus size women, all they get is online this and online that, right? So virtual was the antithesis of my vision for the CurvyCon. Like literally to go virtual would be the opposite of why I started the CurvyCon. And so I made the decision to put the CurvyCon on hiatus, which was really tough. Just the other day, I got a tweet and someone said, oh, wait, let me see if I can find it. Hold on. Because it was actually very funny. Oh, my gosh. I'm like, I'm actually going to take a minute and find it. Yeah, I love it. Because I couldn't couldn't paraphrase it any better. Hold on. (laughs) She said, she tagged me. She said, she tagged me and she tagged Chastity. She said, bring back the curvy con. And then she put a meme that said, I am begging you from my soul. (laughs) Okay. So those types of messages, I get those a lot and imagine thousands of women saying, bring back the curvy con, bring it back. Yes, yes, yes. But I need a minute. Like I was walking in Brooklyn last summer and someone stopped me on the street. Hi, CC. You know, I follow you. I'm a doll. She's like, when is the curvy con coming back? I mean, no rush. Like if you need to rest, like I get it. Like no rush. Right. She was so gracious. (laughs) That's the best response. It was so sweet. I was like, oh, my dog, right? Like my dogs are good women. Um, And that has been the lesson for me. When the CurvyCon really blew up, I had a wellness company that I was cultivating too. It took the back burner. And like when the pandemic happened, curvy women needed my wellness. My wellness program was a virtual fitness program for plus size women. I let it fall by the wayside for CurvyCon. When the pandemic happened, I wish I hadn't, right? But I could only do but so many things. So this period through the pandemic and into this kind of post-pandemic era that we're in, for me, it's been like the power, how people talk about like the power of saying, the power of your no, right? Yes, the CurvyCon will come back. Like that is... That is an intention of mine, like, yes, but I need to say no to the CurvyCon right now because there are these other ways that I want to serve plus size women that are totally connected to the CurvyCon, but I can't do it all at once. And so I have to, I have to create a boundary in the way I'm 
growing my family of brands, right? Let the curvy con sit for a second so I can build up curve methods so that plus size women can start to feel a little bit more comfortable and confident learning about different ways of fitness. Like I love a good fitness studio. I love it, but it can be intimidating to walk into there. Yeah. I'm like, you know, like I'm, I'm working on something in March. Oh, you should totally come. Remind me when we're done. You should totally come. Okay, I'm working, <laughs> I'm working on doing a cycling class in Brooklyn Ooh, in I would March. Love that. Because as a plus size girl, there are just things about cycling on a bike that like no one ever talks about when you go Never. to Soul Cycle or Peloton. But it's like I was 400 pounds almost getting on a cycling bike. Mm. So like let's have that conversation and then take a class, right? I can't cultivate that and curvy con at the same time. Like something's going to fall off. Right. Yeah. Got my beauty company. I've got my fashion company. Again, I feel like fashion, health and wellness and beauty are the areas that I think plus size women are ignored. If I can show up in those areas and, and make sure to execute on the visions that I have for plus size women in those areas, then by the time the curvy con comes back, all of this can play very nicely together. And like when we all get together for our big party, I can show up as my full self for plus size women, right? right? But I have to be willing to, when people are like, I'm begging you from my soul to be like, <laughs> give me a minute, right? Like, and 100%. that's hard. No, that's really hard because we're, you're coming uh, against everything that we've been taught about work culture and, um, you know, the patriarchy and white supremacy culture, like really coming up against, it needs to be perfect. You need quantity over quality. You need to have, um, a right to be comfortable, um, but of, for other people, not for yourself, yes. like all yes. of these things that all has taught- right now. exactly, all has right exactly. Now. A sense of urgency, <laughs> like all of these things that are wrapped into the conversation, um, but aren't ever fully addressed. And I always, you know, I think when I was younger and I was still very entrenched in those, those um, messages, and maybe you can relate to this too, when people would set a boundary like that, I would get mad. I would be like, well, what's wrong with you? Like, what is wrong with you? But now I admire it because I can Mm. see so much beauty in the lesson from that. And so I think what you're talking about again, with that permission is so important for people to see from someone that created something so massive. They want to like give themselves grace and come back to it in the best way possible. And so I really think that's such a beautiful lesson for, for so many. And I also think it touches on some of the things you say online, which is your balance between business and creativity. Mm, um, so mm-hmm. how would you describe that piece of yourself? Because you've mentioned, you know, you created this incredible conference and you've created this incredible brand, but you have multiple brands and you had all these different things, yeah. but you're a very creative person as well. So yeah. how, how do those things show up in you and how would you describe yourself when it comes to that balance? Yeah, I think, I think the one thing I I want to say before I answer your question is that is that faith is also super important too. Mm. I think sometimes we push ourselves really hard because we don't believe it'll happen if we don't get it all going right now. Like if we don't fire on all cylinders right now, we're going to miss this like tiny window of opportunity or something like that. And just like as a person of faith, you know, I just 
looking back, there are so many things in my life that like I journaled about wanting that didn't happen for three, four years, right? There are things Chastity will tell you as we were starting that com- our company, the CurvyCon, that I was like, oh, maybe in five years, this will happen. It happened in three years, right? Like, so you never know, like the things you want could happen sooner than you think. They could take a little longer, but you killing yourself to, to, for some internal clock or some external pressure cooker that you're in, that is never the way. Um, So for me, that is the challenge, like having too much on my plate, trying to do too much is always my challenge. Right. And so um, I like to say I'm, I'm 51% creative and 49% business. The creative is the vision. My vision is to serve plus size women, period. It is about looking at the ways, like I, I work with the biggest brands in the world. I work with Nike. I work with Ford. Name a plus size brand. I've worked with them all. And there are ways that these brands have blind spots when it comes to plus size women. And so for me, I don't want much. I just want plus size women to have it all. <laughs> yeah. So I am like set in these rooms with these executives that run these companies. Sometimes the people who run plus size companies are not plus size people. Mm. And so when I mention things and it's like, yeah, yeah, there goes Cece with her big ideas again. Okay, fine. No problem. So you guys do what you do and like, keep it going. and like, that's fine. But there are these little subtle ways that I want plus size women to have a little bit better than what the big industry is giving them. And I've been looking around for 10 years, waiting for someone to do it. No one's doing it. So I'm going to do it. Like I'm going to show up in the wellness world with Curve Method. That's my wellness brand for plus size women and fitness and, and figure out a way to make sure that anything that a plus size woman wants to do from a fitness perspective, that I can create resources for her to know how to do it. Like if you're like, I want to do 30 days of kettlebells, like I want to make sure there are like plus size workout videos for you. So you understand like how to do that, right? Like these are the things that I like am working on when it comes to the beauty stuff. Like I feel like when it comes to plus size women, we're only spoken to when it comes to like fixing something, like get rid of your stretch marks, no more cellulite. Like what, what if like I you the first thing you said, what was the first thing you said about um, Coco by CC? Because I sent you some. Oh my God, I you- smell so good. <laughs> oh my God, I was just thinking while you're talking, I was like, I really smell good. Like, <laughs> you're answering this question beautifully. I was thinking like, I can't wait to tell her at the end of this interview, like how good I smell right now. <laughs> The scent of Coco by Cece is like something I'm very passionate about. When have you ever seen a plus size woman as the star of a fragrance campaign? When has that ever happened, right? So to come up with a body care brand that makes women feel so soft, smells so good. And like when I finally get a marketing budget and get these investors to like get all information, who do you think I'm going to be casting in my ads? Like my community, because nobody else is going to do it, right? So doing all those things, doing the plus size clothing line. I've gone from a size 28 to a size 18 over the past like five years or so. And my clothing options are way better at a size 18 because I can fudge into these skinny clothes than it was when I was a size 28 and was squarely in plus, right? So I've been in the meetings and said, well, why don't we design like this? Oh, well, plus size women wouldn't want that. And I'm like, I'm a whole size 28 plus size woman, co-founder of the CurvyCon telling you I want this and you don't believe me. 
And no one I'm speaking to is plus size, right? So fine, we're going to make a little collection. We're going to just fill the gaps. Like there's, I don't need to make jeans. Like plus size jeans, y'all got it. You figured it out, right? But there are certain just little things that I feel like, let me do a little capsule and like show up. So as a creative, balancing that in the business, making sure that I do things in a timely manner, in a seasonal manner, that has been the lesson that has come during this pandemic time of rest for me, because it's been like, okay, you don't have the curvy con to just like, you know, have your life in a whirlwind all the time. You have this time to think you have the resources to take a minute. God is good. Right. So I was able to take a minute and think, and now I can say like, okay, in four months, we're going to do this. Okay. In six months, we're going to do this. I can plan ahead. I can be thoughtful. I can do data studies with my community and like really be sure that like what I think you want is what you're telling me. Like if you had a hundred thousand women and you could ask their opinion on something, like that's a very beautiful thing. So yes, 100%, you know, like show up in the way that, 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 my community is saying, hey, Cece, like they're not getting it right in this area. Hey, Cece, I have wide feet and I cannot find sneakers to save my life. Like, can you please talk to Nike about it? Sure, like no problem. And like seeing those things kind of like come to life and then looking at the areas that like no one's picking up the ball and being like, okay, the Cece Olisa family of brands, like we're going to figure that out. And by the time the Curvy Con comes back, it's going to be a party. It's going to be great. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I love this too, because the the thing that you do online a lot is you are interacting with your community. You are asking all of your followers questions every day. Do you like this? Do you want this? Here's the link to the thing that you saw that you're asking questions about. And you always share your size. Um, and I, I feel like that's wonderful and so appreciated because the, the biggest thread that I can see is representation and mm. having just these experiences, these moments, even the small moment of how does a belt sit on your waist versus up or lower, you know, like how is a waistline? Those are the things that, um, can often go overlooked. Um, how is a pattern going to look on a larger body versus a smaller body when, you know, depending on the size of the fabric and how it's stretched or or all of these things. And I think that, the representation of showing diverse bodies, following diverse bodies online and having conversation conversations with people who have diverse bodies is really, really needed. Mm-hmm. And I think it's wonderful that you're coming to the table in the business side of things and, and saying, hey, let's ask a bunch of questions and let's bring this to the forefront because I personally have seen such a change. Um, There's so much work to be done, but I have seen such a change in a lot of these industries to start having more representation and having more people, you know, involved in the conversation. Yes. Um, I cannot believe we're at our, we're coming up on our time. Um, uh, We, I could talk to you for hours about all of this, this (laughs) but as we're wrapping up, you, I know that you said the thing you really want is for plus size women to have it all. And I'm curious, how have you allowed yourself to have all of the things, you know, we Mm -hmm. talked about permission, we talked about representation. So how has that happened in your body and your mind moving forward in how have you done it and what what are you hoping to to allow yourself to to have in the future Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I love talking to you as well. You're asking me these wonderful thought-provoking questions, so thank you. I think that the path to self-love is a very long path. And I told you that I came into my journey of body positivity and self-acceptance through don't wait on your weight to live the life you want. And that was inspired by my own feelings of like desirability and things like that. I think that um, a lot of people talk about self-love and I believe that love is a verb. It's something that you do. It's not a feeling as much as it is an action. If you love something, you take care of it. You talked about your son and opening up his boxes of toys, right? Like how do we treat the people that we love outside of ourselves? Okay. If we turn that lens back to us, are we treating ourselves the same way? Mm. And so for me, giving myself the gift of time being very specific about how I spend my time, who I spend my time with, being at a place in my life where, like, remember in those vintage movies, it would be like, like the girl would get asked on a date and she'd be like, I can't, I'm washing my hair. And it would be like mm-hmm. funny, but like in a life of self-love as a busy person, there might be a day where you don't go to dinner with someone who won't inspire you because you do need to wash your hair. You do need to do your body care routine. You do need to do a Pilates class or whatever that may be. So I think putting myself first um, has not been, putting myself first has been a very rocky road. I've had to reevaluate relationships. I've had to reevaluate where I lived. I've had to reevaluate how and where I traveled and who I spend my time with, all that kind of stuff. And those are hard things to reevaluate, right? And the more um, the more locked in you are with certain things in your life, the harder it is to make those choices, right? Like if you've got a family going on, if you've got responsibilities in a certain way, it might be hard to be like, okay, I'm changing everything, right? Like to have full autonomy, to embrace a journey of self-love, it takes a lot, Um, we keep talking about this 10 years thing. And I do, you know, scientifically, they say that our cells regenerate every seven years, right? So we are a whole new person every seven years. So today was day one. What changes could we make slowly over time so that seven years from now, what, that would be like 2030, seven years from now, right? Wow. If we wanted to be a different version of ourselves in 2030, what are the little things we need to start doing today? Yeah. Those are the questions to me that inspire true self-love. Because if you're honest with your answers and you take action, because love is a verb, it's something you do, then those things start to compound and add up. And suddenly you look up and you're like, oh my gosh, I was not living this life three years ago, five years ago, seven years ago. And here we are. Mm-hmm. Ugh, what a beautiful way to end this episode and our conversation, even though I desperately could talk to you like three (laughs) hours more. Can we do it again? Um, Yes, I would love that. (laughs) I am just so grateful for the work that you do and the way that you're changing your life and being really open about it. You know, Mm -hmm. I love that you 
are that mixture of creative and business because I think it shows people that they can do the same. Um, Mm. And I adore the way that you put yourself out there in the world. So thank you for doing all of those things because it certainly makes me feel like I can show up in those ways. And I know it does for a lot of other people. Um, I'm so grateful to have had you on the show and I'm so grateful for how I smell right now. So (laughs) thank you. (laughs) Thank you for that. Um, Of course. And I always end my show saying um, never forget that your voice matters and that your story matters. Mm. Um, So I hope you never forget that. And thank you for being here with me on the Amplify Her podcast. My pleasure. Anytime. Thank you for having me. The Amplify Her podcast is a part of the Amplify Her Media Network. You can check out more shows on the Amplify Her Media Network over on Instagram at Amplify Her Media.